Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. with Allison Jinkers, distributed through Breadbox Media. I am joined again by, I say again because we were really thrilled to have Kelly just a few months ago, but now I promised when she was here last time that when her new book came out, Saintly Moms, 25 Stories of Holiness, now out from our Sunday visitor, that I would happily welcome her back. And so now here we have Kelly Guest again with us as my guest. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I just couldn't resist that play on words. (laughs) Kelly, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me, Allison. I appreciate it very much. Well, I have been anticipated and anticipating and so excited uh, to get my hands on Saintly Mom's 25 Stories of Holiness. So Kelly, tell us a little bit about what brought you to write about and, and make this beautiful collection of these 25 moms. Yeah. So um, when I got married, it was um, God's will that we begin our family right away. That was not necessarily our plan, but God's. And in three years and one day, I found myself with three children and um, totally overwhelmed and feeling like I was not doing this right at all. Um, And um, when I was in the convent, I often would read the lives of saints and found a lot of encouragement and inspiration from them. And so I thought I need to find some mommy saints to (laughs) encourage and inspire me. So I started um, looking up books. So I read like about St. Zelie Martin and St. Monica and St. Um, Gianna Mola. And I um, w- realized while I was reading these saints that not only was I getting inspiration and encouragement, but I felt like other moms could. But who has time to read like whole biographies when you're in the right. middle of, of, yeah, I know when you're in the <laughs> middle, because really the only time I could do it would be like summer vacation. Like that would be the time where I would find some extra free time where I could read. And so I decided to start looking up more mom saints and taking notes on them with the intention of one day writing a book about mommy saints. You know, when when life settled down and wasn't so crazy and I could sit and write a book, I would love to do that. So to encourage other moms and and inspire them in their walk um, towards heaven and and sanctity. So um, I, I thought that they could use that encouragement too. And I just would, I mean, I have notes in 
prayer journals and notebooks and all over the place. And when I was down to about, um, well, my I homeschool until high school. So my exact middle child, <laughs> um, I have nine, so number five was going off to high school and I was down to just four homeschoolers. <laughs> just four. <I> <laughs> just four. <laughs> and and um, I got an email from Catholic mom from Barb, our editor, saying our Sunday visitors looking for book ideas. And I thought, Lord, is, is this really a good time? I mean, well, I am only homeschooling four now, so maybe I'll just send it out. And if it's your timing, Lord, if this is the right time and place, then I will go ahead and and submit and, and to your will, and you will help me find the time. And if not, that's fine. We'll do it later. So I went ahead and I, and I answered that email, and Sarah Reinhardt, who was the acquisition editor, um, she enthusiastically said, yes, 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 this is a great idea. <laughs> you know, let's go for it. Here, let me help you fill out this proposal and such. And and I thought, oh, my goodness. I looked at the proposal and it, that in itself was so daunting to me at the time. I thought, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, Lord, what did you get me into? And he's kind of like, you asked for this, <laughs> you know. So so um, anyway, it came about because of my own frustrations and insecurity about how do I become a saint while being a mother uh, and not only surviving, but thriving in motherhood. And I found that encouragement in other saints. And I thought other moms would um, be able to benefit from that. So, uh, but we just need to make those stories a little shorter so they have time to read them. <laughs> and, um, and then I shared some of my thoughts about how these women who may have lived 2000 or a thousand years ago or 500 years ago, what do they have to do with us today? How do they relate to us today? And uh, so it all, it all came together. God allowed me to find the time, usually late at night when the kids were in bed. Um, and cause I'm not a morning person. I don't wake up too early. So um, yeah. And, and that is, that's why I write the book. That's how it came about. And, uh, and then God let the dream come true. So I'm, I'm laughing at so many things. First of all, Sarah Reinhart is one of my besties. And oh, uh, she great. was part of a seeking heart. I used to have her on once a month to talk about books for many years, especially when it was a radio show. And she really is such an amazing um, uh, enthusiast and, and supporter. Yes. That's the word I'm looking for, supporter mm -hmm. for Catholic moms and, and, for, and for helping women in their in their gifts so i'm so excited that she was part of this she's one of yeah. this I, she wouldn't consider herself a saintly mom but i do I, oh i do too do me too i think she's I seriously a saintly mom and then i was laughing on the other side of it kind of a personal level because um i i had to move our interview down an hour because i am also working on my book i'm at fifty thousand words not sure mm -hmm. how many of those are useful yet but we're gonna we're gonna get there it's due in 11 days which is quite scary and i kelly was trying to read it at night and realized that my brain doesn't function at night like i thought it did so i'm kind of envious so i actually over the course of the last year of writing this book have switched my own sleeping hours to getting up at 5.30 in the morning and going to bed at like 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. I don't know who I am, but you know, it's kind of funny because I, and, and at some point I said the same thing to God, what are you doing? Like writing that proposal was harder. I thought than writing the book. Yeah. Like, is this the book before the book? But again, I think, you know, and everybody's going to be called to write a book, but I think every woman, every person is called to some journey, some, 
mission and they think they can't do it. And it's like their dream that's placed on their heart by God. It, you know, we, when we're being knit in our mother's womb, and we say, yes, he makes the way he absolutely, you know, he found your way at night. And <laughs> even with four children home, homeschooling and, um, having nine children to, I mean, they also come home from school. So there's I know. <laughs> they like to eat. <laughs> they like to have dinner. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> thing. Um, but I want to back up the interview train just a tiny bit to that little okay. thing you quickly said at the beginning of your um, explaining why this book, when I was in the convent. <laughs> <laughs> so you just kind of glossed over that. <laughs> explains why you are known as none to nine um, on social media. Can you just tell us a little bit about that part of your journey, if you don't mind? Oh, I love to share it. Um, so I guess since about eighth grade, I thought about being a sister. And when I was a senior in high school, along with looking at colleges, I looked at convents. And um, I, I did first two years of college, but in my second year of college, the Dominican sisters of uh, St. Cecilia, who are down in Nashville, came and took over the all-girl Catholic school um, in my hometown. And I fell in love with them. They had a long white habit and a long black veil. And uh, I wasn't crazy about the idea of teaching necessarily. I kind of wanted to be a missionary sister, but um, I, I just could, I couldn't resist them. They, they just exuded such joy. So I, I went down and visited and I asked mothers, permission to enter. And so I did. And um, in the comment, the first two years are called your novitiate. And I was really free to leave at any time. You're just kind of exploring religious life because unlike married life where you can witness your parents living it out, you have no clue what you're getting into when you enter a convent. So, but at the end of those two years, I made vows for three years of poverty, chastity, and obedience. Um, unfortunately, in my third year, um, I started having desire to get married and thinking that maybe this wasn't for me, this life wasn't for me. And it became a struggle where I, I, I was praying a lot because I felt like it was Satan trying to tempt me, knowing that my vows were coming up. And I talked to the mother general and she encouraged me. She said, you made vows for three years. You promised God three years. He's going to give you the graces to live out those vows. So continue to do what you're doing. You're a beautiful sister. Get up every morning and do what you're called to do. Keep praying and come back and talk to me when it's time you know, when the time to renew your vows gets closer. So about a week before my vows were to be renewed, I went to her. Well, actually, I guess it's about two weeks before um, I went to her and I said, I, I have prayed. I have bathed God. I, I love this life. I want to stay. But I also have a desire to get married. And I, I just feel like it's Satan and he won't leave me alone. And um, mother said, Kelly, it, it, it's not. Well, she actually said sister, <laughs> sister, it's not, <laughs> it's not Satan. It's God. It's time for you to go home and see what else he has in mind for you. So I called my mom and dad and said, I'm, I'm coming home. And uh, I met my husband about three weeks later <laughs> because, yes. Oh, awesome. oh my gosh, Kelly, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah, never tell God what you're going to do. Because I, when I left the convent, I said, okay, Lord, now I know that you want me to get married, that this is a desire in my heart because you're placing it there. Yeah. But I promise not to fall in love with the first guy I meet. Well, I oh. pretty much <laughs> 
I fell in love with the first guy I met pretty much. <laughs> it's so funny too, because I also said, I don't ever want to teach fifth grade again. That was my grade that I taught the year before, the last year in the convent. I was like, I, I do not want. And then growing up in the hometown, the home, the town next to us was our rivals. I said, I do not want to teach at that school either. And so like, I'm telling God all these things, what I do and don't want. And I come home and I get a phone call from the principal at that school saying, would you like to be a long-term sub for fifth grade? Oh my <laughs> I was like, Lord, wait a minute. What? <laughs> and then I, you know, went out and with my cousin who had just come home from the Marines in desert storm. So we went out together and oh. met, met the young man that would eventually become my wonderful husband of 27 years. So <laughs> I was like, Lord, you're just so funny. Yeah. It's good thing we told him God our plans. He laughs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, so I did not make, um, you know, I did not renew my vows. I came up. So I, I fulfilled the vows that guy gave me and he allows me to draw on those graces. Those years in the convent were wonderful. And I still draw on those graces today. I think they made me a better mom and a better wife. Um, but it was his will, obviously, <laughs> that I have something else that he needed me to do. So well, I think that what, you, what you're kind of saying reminds me that God doesn't waste our decisions. Like we might think, oh, I didn't listen to God or I did the wrong thing or he doesn't ever waste that time. It took me a very long time to get to Catholic ministry from by way of being a paralegal and then a daycare provider and then owning my own preschool. I had a mortgage processor. Like I went through every job you can think of, but looking back, every single one of those, the skills, the graces, the um, the connections, all of it yeah. led me to be able to do what I'm doing right now. God doesn't waste anything. And um, Thomas Merton, I'm not going to get it right, but Thomas Merton has this beautiful quote that one of my confessors gave me once. It says, Lord, I don't know if I'm doing your will, but I know that my desire to do your will pleases you and that you will make that straight path. I just completely paraphrased Thomas yeah. Merton. But the idea is that all we have to do is pray. Like you, like you said, like I prayed, I, I discerned, I went to somebody who could help me discern, is this God? Is this Satan? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And I think that's what we can do in all of our lives. Cause we all have a thousand decisions to make every day, including the dreaded what's for dinner decision. Um, and God, and God even wants to be part of that, right? Like mm -hmm. we can pray and ask for guidance. Um, I wear my poor little guardian angel out because I remembered <laughs> from my prayer as a child, it says to light and guide, rule and guard. So there's three other things that that guardian angel is there to help me with besides just making sure I don't stub my toe or fall down the stairs. <laughs> and I, I put her to good, good use guiding me throughout my day. All right. So speaking of amazing guides, your book, Saintly Moms, we're talking today with Kelly Guest, her new book, Saintly Moms, 25 Stories of Holiness from Our Sunday Visitor, introduces us or reacquaints us with 25 amazing saintly moms. I would love to know maybe one or two of your favorites and maybe somebody new that you discovered that you're excited to share with us. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously the queen of saints is, is Mary, right? Like she is the queen. Um, and, and she is my favorite because, um, you know, Mary is so extraordinary, extraordinarily ordinary in the sense that, I mean, hmm. on all outward appearances, she was a normal girl. 
you know, who had this extraordinary moment where she um, talked with an angel who told her she was going to be the mother of God. Really big deal, right? But then he leaves. And and it's just ordinary Mary doing everything that she did before the angel came, you know? And I mean, the, the reason why we we call it the hidden life is because we don't know what happened for the first 30 years almost of, of Jesus's life with the exception of a few really big incidents, like having to leave and go to Egypt or losing Jesus in Jerusalem. Um, but, but every day, day in and day out, Mary did what we do. She got up, she provided for our family, made breakfast, made dinner. You know, she went to the marketplace to, to, buy the groceries she she um taught jesus how to to read how to fasten his sandal you know how to get dressed she did what we do every day and it's really boring so they didn't put it in the gospel so you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so and i love that because it made me realize that you know what because mary did this before me and she did it for love of jesus and her family what i'm doing even though it may seem very boring and insignificant is holy and it can make me holy, right? So changing diapers, making dinner, making beds, cleaning rooms, those things are are sanctifying me now when I do it like Mary for love of Jesus and for the love of my family. So for that, I'll, I'll forever be grateful to Our Lady because she makes, um, has allowed these ordinary tasks to become extraordinary and to make me holy. So she's my she's my queen. <laughs> she, she's my favorite. Um, and then um, Zelly Martin, she just really encourages me. Um, we know a lot about her because, you know, she lived before telephones. So she communicated a lot through writing letters and we have a lot of her letters. And, and she so encourages me because in her letters, she um, she expresses her exasperation with um, St. Therese, who is very strong willed. Like, and she just, I remember a letter where she's talking to her brother and saying, I don't know how to discipline her. Like she, nothing seems to phase her, you know? I mean, you know, she just doesn't respond. She's so stubborn. And I can so relate to that because I was a strong willed child myself. <laughs> yeah. And then not only um, Therese, but Leonie, Therese's older sister, um, one of her older sisters, um, she would talk about her constant tantrums. And I think she's such an encouragement to me because she experiences these um, moments of self doubt. Uh, am I doing this right? You know, how can I? help them to understand um, that that will needs to be put towards doing God's will. That strong will needs to go that direction. Um, and in the end, as we know, St. Therese becomes not only a great and beloved saint of the church, but a doctor of the church even. Yes, and yes. Leone, the other one that she would write about that drove her nuts, <laughs> she her calls for canonization is up now too. She's like a servant of God now. So it, it's such great encouragement that like when I'm frustrated or when I'm at my wit's end, just to pray about them because God's got this, you know, and he can do great things with that strong will, or he can change those tantrums into something that glorifies him. And so in the end, I just do my best and let God do the rest because that's what St. Zilly taught me. So um, those, those are probably on, on my top, top favorites uh, of, of the saints. Although, I mean, there's, there's a lot of great saints. And I guess some of the, 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. I can just, no, no worries. I can just share a few of them here with St. Anne, Elizabeth, Perpetua, um, Gladys. That's one I never, I have never heard of. Uh, Veneva, never heard of. Ludmilla, I'm probably just demolishing (laughs) women's names. Um, Louise de Merlac, I have heard because that is my middle name and my confirmation name. Um, And when I went to the Basilica in Washington, I was so excited to see her statue. got a little selfie with me in St. Louise. Um, Addison, did you know that St. Louise um, had a special needs child, too? What? She she had a special needs child, too. I had no (laughs) idea. Yeah. Gasp. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I thought you might like that. That is kind of crazy that your name sake is her so yeah yeah you might have to skip to that chapter (laughs) um yeah i apparently i i did have to you know make a confession to kelly at the beginning of the the podcast is all my listeners know i always i have a rule to make sure i read the entire book before i interview my author and then because i'm writing my own and i'm at the end of my deadline i did i got to skim but not read so god clearly has a special little place for me to go and read and i'll be reading saint louis oh my gosh Kelly, <laughs> that is so cool um, we have just a few minutes left, and there is maybe one of those saints that a little bit more unknown that you might want to highlight for us in these last few minutes. Okay. Um, well, you, you said Gladys is one that you, you didn't know. So um, so St. Gladys, um, she she was raised Christian. She's um, a, a Welsh princess. Her dad was a Christian king, um, and she was raised in the Christian faith um, in, in the Catholic Church. It's before any other Protestant church. So Christian was all Catholic, Um, but she caught the eye because she was so beautiful of a neighboring king who was kind of a thug in all honesty. And, and he went and asked her dad for her hand in marriage. And the dad said, absolutely. No, (laughs) you're not Christian. Um, You don't really live a good life. And no, you cannot have my daughter's hand in marriage. So he uh, so, well, no problem. I'll just go home and get 300 of my men and, and kidnap your daughter. So <laughs> that's what he did. And and St. Um, I'm sorry, St. Gladys was OK with this. She 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 um, she thought he was great. She thought this is I love this wild and crazy life. They were kind of like a mod, or a pre Bonnie and Clyde. They went out pillaging and stealing and um, and living the wildlife. And um one day they stole the only cow of a holy monk. Um, he was kind of living off by himself like a hermit. Um, he had this one cow for a source of nutrition, milk, and they, they stole it. <laughs> and that tenacious little monk went running after him. But by the time he caught up to them, they had slaughtered his cow. <laughs> so um, in reparation, I guess, um, you know, that Catholic guilt, guilt still lived within St. <laughs> Gladys. She, <laughs> she offered her um, oldest, her, her firstborn son, which to us is like a gasp. <laughs> You're like, what? But back then it actually um, was not uncommon for wealthy um, members of society to send their children to a monastery to be taught because there's no public school system at this point. <laughs> so um, seeing the opportunity to raise their child in the ways of God, as opposed to these crazy ways that they're living, um, the monk takes Kadok, that's their son's name, 
um, back with him and raises him and um, teaches him to know, love and serve God. And of course, mom misses her son. She would go visit. And the boy, as he gets older, starts correcting his mother and starts um, telling her about God and reminding her of the faith that she was brought up in. And eventually she reconverts to the faith. And then together they were able to bring King Willis, her son, I mean, her husband back uh, into the faith also. So he ends up converting and, and then they settle down and they rule justly. Um, and, and there was peace in their land. Um, the chaos ended um, in time as the other sons grew older, they take over and Gladys and her husband Willis go off and um, live a life of penance. Willis actually enters the abbey that his son Caddock found it um, and lives with him for the rest of her life. And she lives in a little hermitage not far from there. They live a life of penance to make up for their wild and crazy days. Um, but it's, oh it's a great God. example of how we can learn from our kids because as parents, it's humbling, but sometimes our kids correct us. And sometimes they teach us great lessons about our faith. So I, I think she's a great role model in that sense that, you know, let's, let's be humble enough and listen to our kids because sometimes they have great lessons for us too. Well, Kelly, you have great lessons for all of us in this amazing new book, Saintly Moms, 25 Stories of Holiness. And I can't wait to dive in and finish um, discovering more of these amazing saints that you have shared with us. This book is out now from our Sunday visitor. Again, it's Saintly Moms, 25 Stories of Holiness. Kelly Ann Guest is the author. Kelly, how can we continue to keep up with you and, and find and find this book for purchase, of course? Okay. Well, of course, it's on our Sunday Visitors website and Amazon. Um, my website is none to nine, so that's n u n the number two and then n i n e none to nine dot com. Um, I'm also on social media, and I'm often posting so Facebook Kelly Guess or Twitter or Instagram at none to nine. So, well, I'll have all those links in our show notes. Kelly, thank you thank so you. much for your time today. Oh, thank you, and good luck with your book. The book, my book, can wait until November first to be read. So, the, <laughs> the month of all saints, you get yours done, and God bless you, Allison. Oh, thank you, Kelly. I may need some of these new saints to kind of carry me through. I think it's kind of um, not. I think it's a, a beautiful godsidence and not by accident that my book is due on All Saints awesome. Day. Because it's my saint posse that really gets me through every day, every moment. So, and I didn't realize that. And just recently, a couple of days ago, I realized, oh, I keep thinking November 1st, November 1st. I'm like, oh my gosh, my book is due on, and I'm covered. Oh, you can't see my little shrine, but I'm covered with <laughs> pictures. And I'm writing about sacramentals because they're my favorite. So I'm covered with pictures and images of saints everywhere and all the little sacramentals. Anyway, so thank you for your prayers and thank you for your beautiful gift of yourself and your faith and um, this incredible new book, Saintly Moms, 25 Stories of Holiness, Kelly and Guest. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Allison. You've been listening to A Seeking Heart with Allison Jingris, distributed through Breadbox Media. God bless.
This is Kevin O'Brien of EWTN's Theater of the Word. I'm excited also to teach middle school and high school literature, speech, and drama with homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. Your student can meet with me online for a live, interactive class. Whether you take apologetics with John Martinoni or grade school with Jackie De La Viaga, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family is available for you.